Hello and welcome to another edition of Patch Notes, Radio Free South Bronx's gaming industry news show. I'm your host, Adam Castor, and we have a great show for you today, talking about new releases, gaming news and notes, and what am I playing right now. On to the new releases. On July 31st, we have three games who, despite being separate titles, are very, very similar. It's actually kind of funny how this worked out, or all three of them are action RPGs. So the first one is... Chasm, which is a Metroidvania game. Metroidvania being a game where you have to explore an open world setting and gain items to make yourself stronger, and you backtrack with the items that you gain to open up new areas in the beginning of the game. So it has a very non-linear sense of progression. And the twist on this Metroidvania game, which is really interesting to me, is that the map that you get at the start is randomized every time. You start a new game. But I mean, that doesn't mean it's a roguelike because dying doesn't reset the game and give you a new map. You still have that one map until you complete the game. And to that effect, it's essentially, in my opinion, an anti-guide game. Since the collectibles don't have a set location, you have to completely rely on in-game clues and your wits to find them. You can't just look up stuff on games radar or game facts or wherever to find the collectibles in the game and that's really interesting because i feel like metrovanias do have that kind of problem where they're very easily cheated where you can just look up the collectibles online this really forces you to actually think and use all of your senses except for taste to complete the game and as a new twist on the genre this game looks very interesting and it has the potential to be very refreshing every time you play it with a potentially infinite number of configurations of the map and of the locations of the collectibles. They can definitely make every experience a new one and a fresh one. We also have Code of Princess EX. So Code of Princess is a hack and slash game that was developed and released for the 3DS and reminds me of uh, Guardian Heroes on the Sega Saturn. And on July 31st, it got a re-release on the Nintendo Switch branded as Code of Princess EX, although the EX is kind of vestigial because the game doesn't really add much content-wise other than the graphical enhancements and easier-to-access couch co-op with the uh, Switch's multiplayer where you only need two controllers as opposed to on the 3DS where you needed two consoles. It's a lot easier to have the optimal beat-em-up session where you have co-op with someone sitting right next to you. And the graphical enhancements are really only tied to the frame rate because on the Nintendo Switch version, it now runs at a solid 60 FPS. And, well, as opposed to the uh, 30 FPS that the game barely reached on the Nintendo 3DS version. And the graphics do look nice at times. It's very anime inspired and that art style is always pretty nice looking, but there is a bit of aliasing when in docked mode on the Nintendo Switch version. In handheld mode, it does look considerably better. Lastly, on the 31st, we have Titan Quest, which initially came out for the uh, PS4 and Xbox One in 2017 after being released on the PS on the PC 12 years ago. And now the port that came out last year was released on the Nintendo Switch on July 31st. We're talking about like a port of a port, which is pretty funny, honestly. It's a port of a port. Uh, this game is also an action RPG and a beat-em-up style of game, which is exciting, but instead of being more Japan-centric, Eastern-centric, this is Western, this is very deep into Western mythology. We're talking about 
uh, ancient Greece. And you, as the human protagonist, are tasked with preventing the Titans, which is the Greek version of the Titans, from raising armies of monsters and terrorizing the planet. On August 1st, we have the PC port of Yakuza 0, which is a prequel in the Yakuza franchise, which are open-world crime games, but instead of being an Italian mafioso or a member of the Chinese triads, you take control of a member of the Japanese version of those guys, which are the Yakuza. And Yakuza games are more predicated on fisticuffs as opposed to guns, so these kinds of games are played more like Sleeping Dogs than Grand Theft Auto or Saints Row or Mafia, any of those kinds of games. And another thing that the Yakuza series is very notable for is the amount of side quests and how dense the open world is with tons of things to do. And that definitely shines through in this game, much like all of the other ones. And for those that are interested in the Yakuza franchise and kind of want a new spin on their open world crime sandbox that is more like Sleeping Dogs, but still really isn't, you don't really, I can't really pigeonhole the game. But if you are into these kinds of games, then I would definitely recommend picking up Yakuza 0. On August 2nd, This Is The Police 2 is a sequel to This Is The Police. Duh. This Is The Police it was a real-time management simulator where you took control of a police chief who was about a couple months away from retirement and you had to make money, about $500,000 to comfortably retire. And in this game, the sequel, you take control of a formerly corrupt police chief who has taken a seemingly cushy sheriff job in a Twin Peaks looking small town. And I say seemingly cushy because apparently these people have nothing better to do other than committing crimes because people commit crimes all over the place. And your task in the game as sheriff is to dispatch officers to different crime scenes akin to the XCOM games, but it's definitely more menu driven than those games. And finally for the new releases on August 3rd, we have WarioWare Gold. The WarioWare series, probably one of Nintendo's weirdest series, the series with the most personality out of everything that Nintendo has to offer. They have climbed out of the basement of obscurity, which is great because like I said, those games have a ton of personality and they're incredibly enjoyable, especially as party games. And as a result, I am very excited for what WarioWare Gold has to offer. But honestly, my one qualm with this release, my one kind of question is why this game is on the 3DS in the first place. Nintendo has a perfectly good handheld console that does multiplayer so much better than the 3DS does in the Nintendo Switch. I kind of went over this when I was talking about Code of Princess EX. The Nintendo Switch is so much better for multiplayer than the 3DS. And for a party game that single-handedly relies on multiplayer, it doesn't make any sense for the uh, game to be released on a system that just does not do it as well as the Nintendo Switch does. It does seem pretty backwards to me, but I would not be surprised if there will eventually be a Switch port on the horizon, but I still think that they should have released it on the Nintendo Switch first, or at least maybe uh, release the game simultaneously. Patch Notes is your number one destination for gaming on Radio Free South Bronx. Host Adam Castor brings you up to speed on the latest and upcoming releases and industry news, along with a look into his personal library with What Am I Playing Right Now? For more, check out our website at RadioFreeSouthBronx.com. On to gaming news and notes. So it is the beginning of the month, and that means Games with Gold and PlayStation Plus for August of 2018. Forza Horizon 2 and uh, Dead Space 3 are the games that are initially going to be free with Xbox Live Gold starting on August 1st. Forza Horizon 2 is going to be free until August 31st. 
and Dead Space 3 is going to be free until August 15th. And starting August 16th on Xbox Live, we have Epic Mickey 2 and For Honor. So Epic Mickey 2 is going to be free from the 16th to the 31st. And For Honor is going to be free from the 16th to September 15th. And as of right now, Death Squared is still free until August 15th. On PlayStation Plus, for PlayStation Plus for August 2018, on the PS4, starting August 7th, you'll be able to download Mafia 3 and Dead by Daylight. And on the PS3, you will be able to download Bound by Flame and Serious Sam 3 before First Encounter. And looking at these games with gold and PlayStation Plus, the things I'm excited for, well, I already have Forza Horizon 2, and I love it. And for those who are thinking about downloading it, I would definitely recommend it. It is a very fun racing game, and I'm not really into racing games, and this is the game that really got me into them. And it's not like a pure simulation-style game. You're, it's definitely an open world where you can just drive around on a joyride and race whenever you want. And there are tons of collectible cars. And the scenery is just incredible. Turn 10 really knows how to make their games look gorgeous. And Forza Horizon 2 is definitely an example of that. And also, I mean, this seems kind of weird, but I do kind of like... I'm, I was always kind of interested in Epic Mickey 2 because this is actually kind of a funny story. So Al Michaels who calls money who called Monday Night Football on ABC and now calls Sunday Night Football on NBC with Chris Collinsworth he was traded air quotes traded to NBC in the early 2000s for this obscure Disney character called Oswald the Lucky Rabbit whose rights were owned by NBC at the time but uh, since Disney owns ABC, Disney wanted the rights back to it. And I guess what Al Michaels said was that to just to not make the contract look really sketchy, they threw in the rights to this very obscure Disney character. And the way that this ties into Epic Mickey 2 is that Oswald the Lucky Rabbit is one of the, is the other playable character in the game, along with Mickey Mouse. And that's kind of why I was interested, because I always heard about how uh, Al Michaels was traded for a rabbit. And when this game came out with the very same rabbit, that's why. And uh, Dead Space 3 and For Honor look like interesting games. For Honor, definitely, because I always watched those uh, TV shows growing up where it was uh, Ultimate Warrior, where they pitted like samurai and ninjas and uh, Vikings, Spartans... Roman soldiers, all of those people against each other in kind of like a who would win in this scenario kind of deal. And For Honor really taps into that fantasy for uh, people. And Dead Space 3 is not the most highly regarded game in the franchise because of the microtransactions and the forced co-op, but still for people who are into Dead Space, who clearly are not going to be satiated in their appetites for a new Dead Space game because EA closed down Visceral Games, who make the Dead Space franchise. This is definitely, I would say, the next best thing. And on the PlayStation side of things, I heard very good things about Mafia 3 and how... I mean, they're really, surprisingly, there are not many games set in New Orleans. And I feel like it's kind of like a missed opportunity because New Orleans is the party capital, one of the party capitals of America. You're talking about New York, New Orleans, Los Angeles, Las Vegas. Those are the four biggest party towns or party cities in the entire continental U.S. And the fact that uh, New Orleans is so underutilized makes this game intriguing. And definitely you have the uh, historical context of the game where you can learn more, learn a lot about how uh, people were treated 
in the segregation era South, and you go through that as the protagonist, Lincoln Clay, and you have to deal with, and you have to deal with all the problems that come with that. And Dead by Daylight looks pretty cool. It's like a one v four multiplayer game, similar to Evolve, also similar to Friday the Thirteenth. And those games are look pretty cool, but I've never really been into them, and because I just don't really enjoy uh, multiplayer that all that much. But for people that are into that. This game does look pretty interesting. And on the PS3, I'd never really heard of Bound by Flame. I believe it's a it's an RPG. And on that front, I would be interested interested to see what it has to offer because I am kind of an optimist when it comes to uh, playing video games. And Serious Sam 3, Before First Encounter. Serious Sam is one of those high-octane shooters where you're talking about like crazy adrenaline boosts while you're playing the game. And the fact that there are just so many monsters on the screen and the graphical fidelity to do that is just incredibly exciting. And that's what makes these games very fun to me. The last bit of news for right now is that the PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch have have reached sales milestones. So the PlayStation 4 breaks 80 million units sold uh, over the lifetime of the console. And the Nintendo Switch is a about to break 20 million. Last time I checked, it was like 19.76 million units sold. And honestly, that's crazy considering that the Switch is only like one and a half, two years old, almost two years old. It It's crazy. It's really crazy to think that the Switch has sold this much this fast. Patch Notes is your number one destination for gaming on Radio Free South Bronx. Host Adam Castor brings you up to speed on the latest and upcoming releases and industry news, along with a look into his personal library with What Am I Playing Right Now? For more, check out our website at RadioFreeSouthBronx.com. And the final segment of this episode of Patch Notes is What Am I Playing Right Now? What I am playing right now is a game that came out eight years ago that is still incredibly fun. Bayonetta, the best Devil May Cry game not starring Dante. I'm kidding. It's not a Devil May Cry game. It is directed by Hideki Kamiya, and the team that behind it is called Team Little Angels. And there are tons of Devil May Cry references throughout the game. So you would be remiss to think that it wasn't like some sort of spinoff of the Devil May Cry series. But no, it is a completely separate game developed by uh, Platinum Games and published by Sega. And it does have the same atmosphere as a Devil May Cry game, especially the combat. But the story is definitely not as involved as you would find in a Devil May Cry game. It honestly doesn't make much sense. It's kind of all over the place. And... Honestly, on repeat playthroughs of the game, I just tend to skip cutscenes because I don't really care that much about the story. If I really cared about the story, I'd just look up the wiki. I'm really in it for the combat and the graphics and the music. And on that subject, the combat is incredible. I love the combat. And it's definitely, it's just so simple, yet so hard to master especially on the higher difficulties of the game. So you use only four buttons and a dodge. You have your your punch, your kick, your guns, which are on your hands and your feet, and you have a jump, that's it. And you have a dodge button, that's it. That's all you got. And it has a ton of depth with its countless special moves and its combos. And you also have the, probably its most famous mechanic because Bayonetta was in Smash Brothers, is Witch Time, where you can dodge at the last possible moment and basically slow down the entire game, except for you. 
and you can deal heavy damage on enemies and is probably one of my most fun things to do, one of the most cathartic things to do. And it's not as bare bones as you would think with a combat system that only has four buttons and a dodge because they're all multiple weapons and like you get this really sick looking katana, uh, you get new guns like one of the first weapons you get in the game is like a pair of shotguns and you also get uh flaming claws which is just amazing and you can also buy weapons techniques different costumes you can buy them all in the in-game store for halos that drop from the enemies that you kill and that alone adds a ton of replay value into the game and for some of those upgrades it's almost a necessity when you're talking about the higher difficulties, especially when you're talking about the highest difficulty, which is infinite climax. You're talking about uh, Dante must die levels of difficulty and the boss fights are incredible. I mean, they're only like a couple of boss fights in the game, but when they do happen, they are over the top. And honestly, when looking back, you can kind of see why there are only like four or five boss fights in the game. Because so much production value is put into not only the intro animations for the bosses, but also you're talking about the way that these guys die. The kind of over-the-top set pieces that Bayonetta uses to finally kill these bosses in the end. And it just makes the game have a ton of personality. And finally on Bayonetta, the soundtrack is godlike. I love the soundtrack. Especially the main theme that uh, plays during just like regular fights, uh, Mysterious Destiny. Great song, A+. And also the game's remix of Fly Me to the Moon by Frank Sinatra with Bayonetta singing instead of Frank Sinatra. Honestly, I did not expect a, a remix of Fly Me to the Moon to sound as good as it did, but it definitely does. And it is incredibly catchy. All in all, highly recommend Bayonetta. It's a great game. It is a, I'd say it's actually a pretty good starting point for people who uh, want to get into the spectacle fighter genre. Because I feel like Devil May Cry can be a little opaque, especially if you're getting into like the first one, like the, the original trilogy of Devil May Cry games, they can be a little opaque with their control and the movement. But Bayonetta definitely handles it pretty well. And on the lower-ish difficulties, the game is very fun. And overall, highly recommend it. So this has been another edition of Patch Notes. Please check us out at RadioFreeSouthBronx.com. We are also on iTunes and Spotify. We have a YouTube channel, which is Radio Free South Bronx. We have a Facebook, which is Radio Free South Bronx, and Twitter, which is Radio Free SBX. For everyone at Radio Free South Bronx, and uh, for this episode of Patch Notes, I have been your host, Adam Castor. Have a great day.